Good evening and welcome back. Happy New Year to all of you listening. It's wonderful to be back with you all again. And we are welcoming also tonight my guest, Gaitan Matan, who has been with us a couple of weeks ago. And we're going to be looking at the more of the spiritual perspective on what it means to heal what seems like the unforgivable. But we learn that through God's grace, anything is possible. So, hi Gaetan. I need you to take your um, unmute. Okay. Thank you. Hello. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Thank you. That happens to me. I do that often. So, um, <laughs> I do that often. Hi. Welcome back. It's wonderful to have you here with with me and us tonight. So, um, you know, I've been reading your book, A uh, Hundred Pennies, and it's an incredible read, and I recommend it to to all. And um, certainly, in the last time we were on. The show together, my show. This is uh, a journey through into awareness. Is the name of my uh, my radio show, and um, the radio station is um, TalkRadio.nyc. Certainly, um, in the book, you speak of and reveal so much hurt and trauma on all levels: physical, psychological sexual, um, and you're very uh, generous to speak of those places here with all of us, because it really was a lot of trauma that you experienced. And um, I know out of your healing and your relationship with God that it moved you and sparked you to write your book, which is really like a memoir um, in many ways. So. Um, you know, as a child, if I may ask you, what did you do with all your pain? Thank you for having me again, by the way, Georgian. I'm glad oh to be God, here. Oh my gosh, you're a treasure. I'm glad to be here. What I did with, from the time I was very young, I would say three years old on until I was about 11 years old, I had the most beautiful life in the world. I didn't, I, there was a lot of love between my, especially my oldest brother, my relatives, and my father loved me. And I believed that. So I was special. I felt very special. And but what really about what you saw? I'm sorry to interrupt you, Gaetan. Okay. What about what you saw, though? You oh, saw, and I want to, I want you to talk more about why you felt love, but what about all that you saw your father do within the household? I was older. I, what I remember, a little bit older, my father drinking and my mother crying all the time. I, was, I used to be very scared, actually, because he was really violent. Um, then that was very scary to me. But that would kind of pass because my father was a periodic drunk. So he would drink until he couldn't anymore. And then he would stop and then things would get somewhat better. This was in the early years. As, as you know, the disease of alcoholism progresses over the years. So they were young. He was young then. I was young. As I got a little bit older, starting school actually at six years old, we were very, very hungry at the time. I wouldn't tell anybody that. My brother and I were very close together. We wouldn't tell my grandparents. We would just sit and wait for someone to feed us. So there was never time. It was always survival. We always look for something to survive. So that was never, I don't remember a time to sit there and really, you know, really, really cried and thought I was going to die. It was, where am I going to find food? Where am I going to go? What are we going to do? Okay, come, my brother. All right, let's go. 
and let's go look for food. And we'd go in the grocery store and steal food. How are we going to do that? How are we going to? So it was like a survival type of thing until I got old enough. So it sounds like you lived with a lot of fear. All the time. Fear about what was, All what the time. was going. Right? All the Not time. knowing where everything mm -hmm. was coming from, food, love, family. All the time. Right. That's extreme mm -hmm. trauma. Yeah. You know, All psychoanalytically, mm -hmm. um, abandonment, the feeling of abandonment and rejection are the two, the two most difficult um, experiences for any child. Yes. And you had so much of that, Gaetan. You're really a walking miracle in so many ways um, and beautiful on top of that now that I'm getting to know you, right? <laughs> Thank you. Inside and out. So um, the last session that you were here with me on the journey through, um, you had spoke about your father and how he terrorized the family. Yes. Um, and you sitting and counting the pennies and, um, you know, making a game out of it and being hungry and... Um, all of those very tragic, sad um, situations. And um, I know that you spoke about that you always knew there was another way of living yes. other than what you were living. What, what, what do you mean by that? Can you talk about that? Yes. Since very, very young, and I'll go back a little bit, like the question you asked me before when... You see, there's always this deep, deep knowing and feeling that if you don't eat food, you're going to die. Yes. So Absolutely. this was always there. And therefore, you look to eat so because you don't want to die. So you're scared all the time. Right. Getting a little bit older and experience. I want to interrupt you a moment and say an important sure. piece for our, our mm -hmm. listeners. Excuse me for interrupting that as a child, no matter what we experience, we will always blame ourselves. The child will never look to mother and father and blame them or see what they were instigating in the family, what they were creating in the family. The child always makes it about what they did to deserve this. Yes. And that's unconscious. And that's yes, what's yes, held yes. through our adult life until it's worked through. So yes. I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's okay. Because if you say something, you're really going to be abandoned. Because they're going to know now. Or the people are going to know. Then you keep that a secret. That's a secret that I lived with throughout until I started really on my healing journey through therapy. Um Yes. So I would see then, then I was older and then I seeing the violence and the guns and the, him running after my mother outside and trying to save each other, my brother and I, and then the other, the rest of the family came along and taking care of them. And um, so they wouldn't be hungry the way we were. My mother, they took me out of school, as I said, when I was 14. So the family that was a bootlegging alcohol. So then we could eat and make money. And then the canteen opened. Then there was a little restaurant and then there was money. And then those children, the last five of my siblings never went hungry. My brother, Robert and I, and my, my other brother, we did. My older sister didn't live with us up until then. And so you live, but my, during that time though, since I was very, very little. And my mother, this was my mother. My mother gave me one of the gifts that I, if there was one gift, she gave me the gift of Jesus. My mother loved Jesus. She loved Christmas. She would, these were the early days that were not as crazy and as violent, you see. From that time on, and she would take the time to kneel by the bed and say prayers and teach us our prayers every single night. And where was your father during that time? He wasn't there. <laughs> he was, okay, so dad he was wasn't there. He, he was wherever, you know, he, he worked at times and he was gone at times. So she was raising us and she, she was teaching us to pray. We'd go to church with her. Her family was very, very religious. They were 
Catholic, very religious people and really did believe in God. So my mother never gave me the fear of God. Mm -hmm. But my right. grandmother would. My mm -hmm. grandmother would constantly say, hey, you know, look at him the way he lives. He's evil. So you people better go to church and pray because, you, you know, you're going to be evil or you are evil like him. She used to say yeah. that. You know. Let us remember what sin is, you know. Sin means, from the original Greek translation, sin means missing the mark. Yeah. So when the Bible speaks about sin or Jesus spoke about sin, it was about things that we do that create our own disharmony as human beings. And Jesus always chose to spend time with, quote, the sinners, hmm. right? I say that in parentheses because they had less to hide behind. Mm -hmm. So they were very real. They knew they were broken. We're all broken. The only difference is those of us that know it and work on ourselves through it. You had said that you felt very dirty except when you went yes. to church. Yes. Can you talk about that? Yes. I felt dirty to my, throughout my whole life anyway, up until again, you know, I went into really... Uh, healing, I would go to church and I, in my mind, and I guess my grandmother maybe at that stage, God only loves clean people. God only loves the beautiful people and the people that go to church. God doesn't love anybody like you, looking like all of you. You're dirty. Already, as time went along, being sexually abused, I felt filthy. And as you said before, you don't say anything. It's always your fault. Even not having anything to eat that your parents are. Listen, you know, your parents, you have to feed your children, right? They didn't do that. So you weren't telling anybody. And this, these were all secrets and, and shame and, and living like this for years and years and trying to be clean. Trying to be clean. That church, and I would go to church and I would pray for mom all the time. Please, may you stop, make her stop crying. Um, yeah, that dirt part of my life was really came very much from the incest. And not, not only that, was being poor and having no soap, not even having any toothpaste to brush your teeth. Teachers telling you to go home because you stunk. So you lived with that. This, you know, many, many, many years. That was a big part of my life into teenage years. And I knew all again, I knew this other life. My grandparents lived it, that so-called clean life that she was talking about, they were talking about all the time. Because physically, you could see. I could see. But there was something inside of me, though, that I didn't have words and I couldn't explain. That was like a light. That would There would be... No, uh, 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 uh. people don't live this way. I will not live this way for the rest of my life. And this was constantly. I carried this through my whole entire life. Mm -hmm. Through my whole recovery, that carried me through. That really very, very clear message I carried with me. No matter how bad I felt, no matter how dirty I felt, it didn't matter. I was going to live that life how i was going to do that well i thought i was going to move away and change all of it that way it didn't happen that way mm -hmm. yeah god always says a, a, another way than what we're thinking but nevertheless god is there you know yes so i know that we speak of forgiving the unforgivable yes you know and it seems like a miracle to be able to forgive your dad and the family right, right? seeing uh, how you as a child were living. Um, I can only see that possible through your own healing and the hands of God. What do you think about that? Let me tell you, I would have never, ever in my life forgiven this person. Years, sure. in, years in therapy. I was in therapy. I was in 12-step programs. I became, I got to know 
my God, God, much better through my spirituality. And I still would not forgive this person. I, I would say I did. And along the way, I didn't. Until one day I met with this beautiful woman. It's not that many years ago. We talked about my father. I had found out again what he had done. Something so unforgivable. And I didn't want to believe that again. Because that, and I was been so disassociated most of my life because of that. I could have never survived if I didn't disassociate. It was a gift. Do you want to explain to people listening what disassociative means? Sure. I disassociated for the first time. I was 11 years old when I realized what he was doing to me. I was so scared. What happens is it, you make it go away somehow. That I can't explain it that way. It just completely, totally goes away. You're not there. This is happening to you, but you're not there. But you can't even say you're not there because it's just gone. But people of trauma, of deep trauma, do this. Disassociate. The people yes. that don't, I don't know how they survive. But for me, that was my saving grace. In sure. All yes. To, to the, yes. However, over the, over the years, over the course of the years of my journey, to healing, to me, the most baffling mystery in my life was this disassociation. How in the world didn't I remember this? How in the world this happened to me for years? Oh boy, how? It took That's me what years, saved you. Yeah, years of therapy to find out though. To, you know, to, I can explain this, I think that we, you know, a little bit when we come back perhaps. But to know, oh boy, when I finally got it, after all these years of therapy and of hard work and of writing and of sharing. And praying. Well, that, yeah. I, I don't even uh, say it because it's just natural to me. It just, it's a natural thing for me. Yes. With a lot of clarity. I saw that. You don't, the mind does not ever forget anything, really. Never. You, me, I, I acted it out. Oh, boy. All the things that I did that I acted it out and I didn't yes. know why. Yes. I wanted to hit my head against the wall many times. Why can't I just get this? And I did. And little by little by little, when I would act out something and it hurt me, it would always yes. hurt others, of course, and my family, mm -hmm. right? Then I got to know, oh boy, this is disassociated. All right, there we go. We're entering that storm now. This was another part of my life that God, I used to say, God's taking me by the hand. He's walking me through the storm. You know, my, I'm very visual. Oh boy, I'm entering this now. This is not going to be easy. And each time I got to know my process. Yes, that's why none of us... Mm -hmm who, and we all have been traumatized on some level with our upbringing. We all make mistakes with our children. Sometimes the trauma is more than others. Um, you know, psychoanalytically, whatever you're brought up around lives inside of you forever. Mm -hmm. Yes. What we do with that through awareness is the opportunity. So we can never allow guilt to take us over. We can never um, make ourselves wrong for how we handled what went on because it was a way that we survived that yes. trauma. Yes. And when we're on the journey for healing, um, it becomes very, very clear that that's exactly what we were able to use to get through it. But now it's our opportunity as we look at it to work it through. So we're going to take a break. It's going so quickly. Mm. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Thank you. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. 
Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Dr. George Andow, and you're joining us to the show, A Journey Through Into Awareness, with my guest tonight, Gaetan Martin. So, um, Gaetan, so um, when do you believe that you became aware of God's presence? You know, I remember when I was uh, little and my first show here, I was talking about, um, you know, how I came to actually my relationship with Jesus at age three, four. Um, When do you believe that you first recognize God in your life? It's a good question and also maybe a bit difficult to answer for me because I naturally always, always, always knew there was an energy inside of me, inside. I, I... very close friend, my very, very close friend, just was speaking with her a couple of weeks ago and brought that, brought that up to me. We were having conversation and she said, I remember you, you know, there was something Gaetan, about you inside of you that you had, like you could see shit. I didn't have that. You know, we have fun together in a way, but we love each other, always did. And she said, you had that. And I said, as a teenager, well, I was in prison. I couldn't go out anywhere. I was kept there for him, right? And she would say, boy, I'd go to your house. And I couldn't understand what in the world. So I, was, I could feel it. I could see it. And the reason that I say that, I could go back as far as I can remember in my life. Yes. And that, 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 that energy inside of me, I couldn't explain it because I didn't know. I didn't have any words for it. Um, I used to pray like automatically, you know, especially the learned prayers, you know, and my and with my mother and all. And as time went on, I had such incredible clarity and in knowing, okay, like that instance that happened when I was 16, that I knew at that moment that this would be all over. And it was the worst time of my life with him, with them. And raising my siblings. It was so sad. I was sad. I was angry. I was everything, every feeling you can imagine. And then yet, I used to laugh a lot. I, and I mean it. I, my friends used to come at that canteen. And, and, and I loved them. And I could feel their love. It was like, again, this was given to me. Mm-hmm. I could have never in my life survived those, those young teenage years without that. So 
up to now, all the way through. However, my growing in God, my I love Jesus Christ my whole entire life, hands down. Didn't know how to describe it that much, I remember. But mm-hmm. I used to say, and I still say this, hey, you know, Jesus came here and he told us how to live. And he lived it. But I don't Absolutely. like this. I don't like the suffering he's talking about. And I was, you know, but I love, as you said before, this to me was a truth that I've carried even now I carry with me. Even now, even more so now, because I've walked through my suffering. God, yes. is it, I got to believe that God, yes. you know, is in my suffering. And my, those wounds became sacred wounds. There's always crucifixion before the resurrection. Yes. And so many people say, oh, you know, you because I'm, I'm a convert to Catholicism. I chose the, <laughs> the religion. It didn't choose me. Mm. that uh, oh you Catholics you know you're so into suffering as a way it's not about that Mm-mm. it's that life we can all yes. agree mm-hmm. that life there will be suffering yes. some sort of suffering yes. in this life mm-hmm. and yes. you know Jesus showed us how to live with it and through it uh Gaetan just just for the sake of the listeners when you talk about that you were in prison you were you're not talking about actual prison no you were no. talking about no. that you felt in prison yes. Because yes. um, your father kept you yes. in a place based mm-hmm. on the sexual abuse, correct? Yes, yes. I yeah. was not only that, I was, uh, I kept saying that prison because I was not allowed to go out. And if I went out of that house, next door neighbor, he would have somebody come and get me. So I had no, and to this day, and a lot of, a lot of times I would say, this is a miracle because I, I don't even know how I survived this. In between these four walls, I do know. When I was 16, I, was, I had that message, you will leave. In every single day of my life, I knew, and I knew that I would know when to go, and I did. Yes, yes. You so know? when you say message from God, where do you, I get so excited, where do you feel this? Well, it wasn't, at the time, to me, I didn't, I didn't think that way. You know, I knew, though, that... Um, Oh, what well, I feel it my whole center. Yes. My I was just wondering because it's different for everyone, but yes. that's also where it is for me. Yeah, my I whole can feel center. it in my core. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then in my mind, my mind became was very yeah. clear and very open. Yeah. And my goodness, that that moment I believed it and I knew it. And again, now I was gonna go and and two years later, guess what? I met my first husband and I knew at that point that this was it to leave I had no idea before where I was going or I wasn't going to speak this language again now I was speaking English I didn't even know what how to speak English Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. uh, uh, going back to your question I knew at 11 years old I knew exactly what was going on inside of me? I knew what he was doing to me was wrong, and, you, and, and it was you, scary. And you knew it was God who was moving I, in. Yeah. You. Well, later on, I knew. I said because I couldn't survive that. You see, the reason that I so much speak about this, speak about God, speak about my journey with what we call well, the program and higher power. My journey, my belief is. So many things happened to me in my life where yes. it was so clear. There yes. was not another human being that it could have, that could have come to me and said Absolutely. Just like in the time of yes. Christ, there's nothing that no human being could have done what he did. No. We're going to take a break in mm-hmm. about 10 seconds. Okay. And um, we will be right back. Okay. So Thank it's you. wonderful to have you here with me, Gaytan. Thank you. Thank you. We'll be right back. You're here with... Gaten Martin and Dr. George Andow, and this is a journey through into awareness. We'll be right back. Thank you. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show, A Journey Through Into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7 p.m. 
So tune in on Talk Radio NYC. You know you have it, the potential for a more rewarding life, a life that matters. But how do you get there? The answer is in a best-selling book by the coach of the successful and wealthy, Ken D. Foster, The Courage to Change Everything, Daily Strategies and Wisdom to Awaken Your Hidden Genius and Transform Your Life. With this powerful yet amazingly simple daily guide, your future is in your hands. You will be empowered to unlock your potential, bring out your true gifts, increase your wealth, and take your life and business to a new level. Get your life-transforming copy of Ken D. Foster's The Courage to Change Everything by going to couragetochange.us. That's couragetochange.us. Quite frankly, there's no other book like this. Imagine what your life could be like if you had at your fingertips the success principles to create the life you've always wanted. Are you ready to live your dream? Go to couragetochange.us. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. journey through with my guest, Gaetan Martin, and I'm Dr. George Andal. Welcome back. So, um, so I know, Gaetan, it's very exciting when, um, when you've met the Lord and you have a relationship with the Lord. And um, so what else would you like to share tonight? One important aspect of what we were talking about before about suffering about and I didn't want to hear that I didn't want any part of that because I was suffering so much to begin with sure and I remember along the way throughout my uh throughout my recovery my therapy and I did art therapy and I did talk therapy and I was involved in so many groups incest awareness groups and also traveled to Albany with uh, for parents from Megan's law was part of passing that law over there and uh one day, I remember I was looking again of suf- at suffering and what my life, and I would always say, you know, I, I was given so many gifts from the time I was born. I was very smart and could learn anything, and my life could have been and could have been and could have been. And one day I realized again, see, very clearly, listen, your life was your life was the way it was supposed to be. This is what your life was supposed to be. For some reason, if I would have heard that inside of me, uh, before that, I would not have accepted it. Oh, sure. And I said, okay, all right, so, because I can't change that. I can't go back and change that. I can't, and I always wanted to, and I wanted to make it go away where... This was never happened, and um, and and I didn't even want anybody to know I was French Canadian. People here in New York would say, "You know, what do you speak? What are you from?" And I would make it. I, the only thing I never changed about me was my first name when I came to New York. So when I accepted that that was my life, my life that's the way it was supposed to be, then it became something completely different. I that kind of acceptance allowed me to go forward again. And now I knew that that life that I always knew that I would find, I was really was on really now on my way to, to find it and continuing uh, my work. I also wanted to say that when I moved out of Canada and came to New York, to Brooklyn, boy, did I have fun. I was, that's when I live in Italian neighborhood. <laughs> Italian American neighborhood, and I didn't speak oh, yeah. English. I didn't speak English, you know, and uh, and I write about this in my book, but I talk about it. And when I tell those stories to people now, we just roll laughing, you know, because the words that they use, I didn't know. I, you know, and I would use these. Words. 
And I didn't know. And uh, I do public speaking. And one of my speeches about when I first moved to Brooklyn and how they spoke on the stoop in Brooklyn. I thought that's how American people spoke. Inside of me, I was so excited and was so happy that, oh boy, I have it made. This is terrific. All of this. But now I was really disassociated. And all of it, but it wasn't going away. I went to Manhattan. I learned to speak English, so I thought. Took the trains and so brave. Such strength, so brave, so courageous. And this was all inside. I never thought of that for a minute, that I had courage and I was brave. I just did. I just went. Well, what you're saying is very powerful because the more you go through as a child, Mm -hmm. the more capacity you have as you go forward. Yes. Many times, not always, but, you know, in the in the wound can be the gift. Yes. You know, I always look at it as a coin. There's two sides. Yes. I had no direction. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I went to I went to Manhattan, I got a job right away. And but and I had my daughter. But inside boy, things weren't changing. Sure. The, The the rage, the anger, the, the sadness, mm-hmm. this all mm-hmm. came back. This was all there. And one day I met someone, and again, through God's grace, someone that directed me to Al-Anon. And in Al-Anon, I didn't want to go. My ex-husband, my husband was an alcoholic. And this is where all the doors opened for me in my life, to Al-Anon, to therapy, um, everywhere. Everywhere I went for healing and also on my spiritual journey. Mm-hmm. Meeting this beautiful lady that helped me with that, helped me with getting to know my soul. I had no idea what this was. And until the day that happened, I couldn't forgive. And this was my process of healing my soul. My soul. And, as this lovely lady put it one day, she said, your soul has been waiting, you know, it's been waiting for you. It was just very, very emotional and then very beautiful. And she said, that's when we talked about my father and everything that he had done. And she suggested that I really, she said, take a moment and look. Everybody in this world is born with this beautiful light, even him. My father also had been very abused. She said, Absolutely. Yeah, she said, when you can see a little flicker of that light in him, if you want to, this is when forgiveness will come. I never, I, I didn't think I could, that could happen. It me, sounds it, to me, I'm sorry. Yeah, forgiveness is holy. It's a holy gift. Holy. It's, it's not something that I do. That is, Something, yeah. mm-hmm. that is phrased, Jesus phrases is that in the Bible, mm-hmm. um, more than almost any word yeah, forgiveness, is forgiveness. Yes. Because it's not that it's a sin if you don't. No. It's that we can't get past it within ourselves if we can't do it for someone else. So it sounds like somewhere with your work, your inner work, mm-hmm. that you were able to forgive pieces of yourself. Yes that you were able to then find that within your dad. Yeah. And then, but you see, forgiveness is freedom. Say that again. Forgiveness is freedom. Sure. Absolutely. Otherwise you're enslaved. Right. And from that day on, my life changed and it kept on changing. It changed meaning a lot of the, the love. And I still say because of my history and all the years of abuse and suffering and all that, Really, I was called to love. I already was loving. And again, you lose that when you're constantly battered and abused and you're surviving. And throughout Do we my... lose it, Gaita? Do we lose it or no. does it just get buried? It gets buried. Buried. Yeah, because we come yeah. from God. Right. So right. we are love. Yeah. Right. right? Exactly. We come yeah. from God. We already right. are love. Right. And then, uh, then I went through, you know, my therapy. And I still actually... I still have a wonderful therapist wonderful. And, I, and I say that um, <laughs> with love because this is my mental health maintenance. 
Absolutely. Yes. And I will keep that because I work so hard and it's been so difficult to, to get to where I am now, to have a beautiful, have a beautiful life and a peaceful life and a quiet life inside. And there's no tumultuous events and there's no, this is, I, I changed my whole self inside out. And we are asked to do that. If we are going to walk in love, amen. Do that, amen. Yes, and And like I try to help my patients look at, Uh it's not that you were being changed Uh into something you never were. No, that there was something wrong with you. Right, you were meeting Uh the truth of who you always were. This is so true. I have never known myself as good as I do now, and. That real person, that real girl, that real, the beginning of my life, that beauty, that innocence, it's all here and and I see it and I feel it and I live it. You know, I can live it. You talk about a resurrection, you know, uh, again, the stories, Jesus, right? I would say, what the heck is he talking about? All right, this bad guy with him on this cross or whatever, you know, but then yet and Always inside of those messages. Um, Always. Yes. The messages that, and I think we spoke about this before, is we talk about this never goes away. But we do, I do anyway. I found a complete life and my life. I found my life, my gifts, the strength, the courage that was always there. I draw upon it now in a very different way. Yes. To live a full life and to thrive. Beautiful. Yes. We learn to navigate differently with them. That's beautiful, uh, Gaetan. Really Mm -hmm. beautiful. And um, yes, I love the psychological commentaries of the gospel. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's my passion. You know that. Mm -hmm. For me, it's uh, it it was it was so simple. I, I made it so simple. I could not make it complicated was okay. So. It, as, as I went along, though, throughout my suffering, and, and let me tell you something. There were times when this was so hard. It was so painful to have to relive this horror and to remember it. And That's I'm why not, most people don't want to do the work. No, exactly. Exactly. You have to really be brave, you know. And you can draw upon this, this source that's give, freely given to us. Yes. We don't even have to ask for it. Absolutely. It's those gifts freely given to us. We, and we can draw from it or at any time, but it depends. Like for me right now, I, I live to be me. So, you know, and to look at the good and the darker sides and the ego and the true self and, the, and to live all that. It's really beautiful. My writing is so much easier. Things flow. My relationship with Jim, my engagement this Christmas, our engagement, Congratulations. Our engagement. Yes. thank you, this Christmas. And my children, my children are such incredible, loving human beings. I, I have relationships with them today that I never thought that I would, especially That's with great. my daughter. My daughter is so precious right now, you know. So great. Yeah, and it's so real. Yeah, this, this girl is very real. I'm real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so I look forward to hearing more about this when we come back. It's time for another break. It goes so quickly, doesn't it? I know. Right? So we'll be right back with Gaytan Martin and a journey through into awareness. That's why I entitled it a journey through because you have to go through the pain. Uh-huh. We'll be right back. <laughs> Thank you. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc.
Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Hi, welcome back. Here we are, mm-hmm. a journey through with Gaetan Martin. So Gaetan, you were talking a little bit about your daughter. Mm. Yes. My daughter and I, our journey was very difficult. Lori was born, I was only 22. Lori suffered a lot through all that. That, sure. I, that I was suffering and um, the way I was raising her. Me, I didn't abuse my children. You know, they say you're sexually abused. You, you know, for me, I overprotected. And I mm-hmm. was overprotecting and to a point where it was ridiculous. I didn't live this girl, really. I didn't, wouldn't, was not going to give him, give her and my sons that much freedom because I was always afraid in the back of my mind somebody would be abusing them. But at the time, I was not on my journey to healing. My daughter, as I said, I was only 22. I started my journey, was 34, 33. And yes, she, Lori suffered with this emotionally an awful lot, uh, in a lot of ways. And I became so angry all the time. And I didn't want to be that way. I didn't. I loved her. And she knows this. this. She would always say, no matter what happened, mommy, you know, always loved, you know, of us an awful lot and uh, and was affectionate with them was very very careful how I held them and um so yeah Lori had a, a difficult time I in those days I was so disassociated and I was trying to be someone that I couldn't be I was trying to be perfect and clean and as the years went by I felt dirtier I lived with more shame I live with more fear, you know, and my daughter felt all of that. She did. Sure. And we, so we had a difficult relationship for quite a while. We did some therapy together and a lot of sadness and Lori's still, she's lovely. We have a lot of fun. I have a a lot, a lot of fun with all three of them now, you know, Um, but we've gone through our journeys together again, suffering a lot of suffering. How could you not coming where I came from? Well, of course, absolutely. Yes, and and also I repeat to myself a lot of times: you did this, you did that. How could you not? How could you not? How could you not? Yeah, all I did How is I survived. Not? I survived. I never knew there was a future. I never knew if I don't do it now, oh boy, this is it. I'm done. Never saved for a future. I had incredible jobs. I, sure. I. All of it was lived through incest permeates every single part of a human being. Mm -hmm. And it attacks, and it's an attack on your soul. Mm -hmm. Anyone listening, this is a crime that is committed against your soul each time. Each time a perpetrator violates you, take your innocence, especially I'm talking about incest. I'm talking about families. It's so important in your family to know 
these things are not okay. Right. And a lot of times, I am so grateful to God. I'm so grateful that I call myself intact, that I'm fine. I never did drugs. I never did alcohol. I never did any of these things. I was never out promiscuous. I wanted to be good and clean, but it was ridiculous. It was yes. ridiculous because nobody could live this way. Yeah. When you talk about disassociation, what I'm hearing is ways when we cannot face what we lived through, we defend against it. And in your case, what I'm hearing is in that defense, you wanted to be clean, yes. perfect as a defense against what you were really feeling or yes. were made to feel yes. about yourself. Yes. And we all do that on in certain ways. Yes. Um, you know, if we were brought up and made to feel that we were stupid uh, by mommy and daddy, no criticism. We can only give what we were brought up with. Um, and then we grow up to have every degree in the book um, and try to mm -hmm. live up to an expectation of that I'm brilliant, um, even if we really struggle to keep up that facade. Mm -hmm. So, um, yes. yeah. So I'm hearing defense when you talk about um, disassociative. So um, it's wonderful to hear you talk about your recognition of uh, your woundedness as being sacred wounds. I know Richard Ross speaks a lot about that. Yes. You read yes. him as well as I do. Yes. Um, I had the privilege of taking classes with him. Aww. He's an incredible man, really yeah. brilliant man. And um, we're all wounded. Yes. We're all wounded. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's important. I want all the listeners to, to hear that and recognize that, that, mm -hmm. um, in facing that in ourselves, that's what sets us free. Yes. And, and to find the many ways uh, now that are available um, to journey through whatever it is that um, we're feeling uh, ashamed of, um, um, prisoner of, um, whatever that might be. Yes. I was you, asked, you, you're already love. You were born in love. Very much. And uh, I was asked uh, not long ago, this lovely lady, and she's suffering right now, and she's going through, and she's very angry. And she said to me, can you tell me how you process that anger that you had? My answer to this, because that's how I lived, angry and then enraged, as I went along in healing that, I recognized when I rec started to really recognize what was under that, oh boy. And I had to feel yes. sadness. Yes. Oh, sadness. D -d -d. It's just grieving the loss of innocence, the loss of so all of it that was taken away from me. No wonder I am so incredibly blessed that I didn't hurt anybody. I mean, it was that much. And this is what I had said to her. I said, when you really look and stop, and me, I, I write a lot, but my art therapy was the best therapy that I could have ever done for healing. Art therapy. And expressed so much through art, right? Then, little by little, I started to break down that anger and that rage that didn't belong to anybody around me. You know, that pain, that shame, that ugly, you know, abuse, that didn't belong to me. I didn't do this. I wasn't part of this as a little girl. The blame, the shame, the dirt, but the sadness because of it, the years of losing so much of my life, of my precious love life, love. Uh, that's when the anger started to be a little less at a time yes. and and cry and talk about what was under and then a trigger boy i'd be triggered like they used to call yes. me firecracker sure. i anything that's how i better become you sadness know? is yes. all sadness uh, mm -hmm. anger is always a cover-up for sadness yes. Yes. and fear 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 always yes and 
-hmm. You know, what I'm hearing you talk about, which is so important for everyone to hear, is that we must re-experience in our adult life the depth of feeling from the trauma that went on in our youth when it first happened. We have to experience that pain now because we have to journey through it. We all would like to not feel it, not face it, avoid it. It doesn't work. No. It doesn't work. No. Not only am I an analyst, Mm -hmm. but I'm only as good as I am because I've had 40 years of my own personal analytical journey. Mm. And you had said something very, very important. And before we end, you said everything, many, many things important, Gaitan. But um, you said that um, that suffering is a godly journey. The ordinary life becomes a godly journey. And until there has been a journey through the suffering, yes. I do not believe that we have the true healing authority or ability to lead anybody to any place new. That's Amen. True. And that's the truth. That's true. Because that's true. it doesn't matter how many degrees mm-hmm. someone has, unless they have climbed that mountain mm-hmm. and journeyed through, you're not going to move anybody or yourself anywhere. No. So I want to thank you. It's I can't believe we're at the end of our time. I want yeah. to thank you, Getain, so much, so much for joining me again mm-hmm. and being present here. And may God bless you. And may God bless all of us. I want to thank you for joining us tonight. And we'll see you next week. We have another good show next week. Gaitan, thank you. Thank you, Georgian. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Thank you. God bless. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Hey, all you listeners looking to boost your business. Why not advertise on Talk Radio NYC with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply send us a message on our website, talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. 
You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.